Our first reading is from Galatians 3, 26 through 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Our second reading is from 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 13. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. Our final reading is an excerpt from the Baha'i Prayers and Meditations. Thou hast created all humanity from the same stock. Thou hast decreed that all shall belong to the same household. In thy holy presence, they are all thy servants, and all humankind are sheltered beneath thy tabernacle. All have gathered together at thy table of bounty. All are loomed through the light of thy providence. O thou kind Lord, unite all, let the religions agree and make the nations one, so that they may see each other as one family and the whole earth as one home. May they all live together in perfect harmony. O God, raise aloft the banner of the oneness of humankind. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Cheryl Zimmerman, and I'm delighted to be here uh, speaking with you today. I thought I'd touch on a couple of different topics. Number one, just the craziness of the pandemic. I feel as if we've been in a big reality show, not a good one, <laughs> but a reality show of some type for the past 18 or more months. So, um, And also then I'll follow up to speak about my Faith of my journey of faith at, and how I became a Baha'i, how I came to learn about the Baha'i faith, which was much later in life. I didn't, I'd never heard of it till I was, uh, until my daughter went to college. So anyway, um, I think what I've really, uh, one thing I've really learned um, during the pandemic is how fortunate I am. I've always been so lucky in life to have had lots of choices, but in the pandemic, you know, it almost seemed like a game or a little bit an adventure at first, like a, um, sheltering in place. And it soon uh, became not so much fun, of course, but my life didn't really change that much because I've lived alone for many years. And um, so I'm kind of used to sheltering in place and I never shop. So I don't miss shopping. I, I in fact, I detest shopping, but um, only going to the grocery store. So I really did not change, but it made me realize again, how extremely fortunate I am. And um, this song, I thought I'd read a couple of lines from a Judy Collins song that I just love. It's called The Fallow Way. And it's just beautiful if you have a chance and wanna um, uh, listen to it on YouTube, it's easy to find. So just a few lines from it, because 
I have felt that I've been in a, in a way more fallow than usual because I'm not out running around going to meetings, a lot of Zoom meetings from home. But um, anyway, and if you know a little farming vocabulary to for a field to lie fallow is for it to, to rest, to let the soil recover and, and get rest. So um, this is uh, a few lines from, um, from the fallow way. I'll learn to love the fallow way when winter draws the valley down and stills the rivers in their storm and freezes all the little brooks, time when our steps slow to the song. As sure as time, as sure as snow, as sure as moonlight, wind and stars, the fallow time will fall away and sun will bring an April day and I will yield to summer's way. So um, I guess if we're, we're, most of us, we're trying to keep our minds active. So that's not really fallow, but it just kind of feels that way sometimes. Um, and regarding my faith journey um, and how I came to learn about the Baha'i faith and become a Baha'i, um, it probably just started when I was a little kid with five kids. My parents didn't have time to worry what we were thinking about but we went to Sunday school. You never, ever skipped church in Sunday school. It just was unthinkable. I mean, maybe if you had the measles, you might miss one Sunday. But uh, we went, and I think my parents thought, well, that's enough. They're getting their grounding because every single Sunday they are in church in Sunday school. Um, and then, but I, I felt myself getting mixed messages. Even by the time I was like four or five years old, I thought, well, uh, Jesus is supposed to love all the children in the world. And I had this cloth map with little children caricatures all over the world. It was a nice world map. And I looked at that very often and I thought, okay, these children cannot all be Christians. <laughs> so, um, and I didn't have a big vocabulary when I was four or five years old to, to think with, but, um, but I just thought if God would do that, then he's not fair. God's, that's not fair for uh, the only way to, to God, the only pathway to God to be Jesus. That just wouldn't be right if that's the only way. So I just, I made my bargain with God when I was about five years old saying, okay, God, um, you either, if you don't want all the kids in the world, no matter what their culture and religion is, then you don't want me with you either. So anyway, so that was how my child's mind was thinking, but, but I was lucky. I loved, I actually loved church and Sunday school and vacation Bible school, never missed it. Um, and I enjoyed it because in a small town in Indiana, your friend, you did everything with your friends. I mean, everything. You went to church with your friends. You went to junior choir with your friends and Sunday school. Everything was done with your friends. And so that made it, of course, much more fun. But I did. Uh, so having hardly skipped a single Sunday until I was 18 and went away to college, I went to Indiana University in Bloomington. Um, <laughs> I thought, OK, I'm done. I've had enough church, 18 years worth of church. And I've, that's that's enough for the rest of my lifetime. So I. Uh, so, and I didn't, and then I got busy, had my two children, um, Beth and Mike, and, you know, super, super busy. And I didn't want to take them. I didn't want to impose any of anyone else's, not only not my own beliefs on them, but I didn't want to impose any preacher's beliefs onto them. And because that's kind of what I had grown up with. Um, so raised kids, busy, busy, busy. And then um, they grew up and I became less busy. Uh, and so I started taking my parents to church every Sunday. I, I lived close enough that I could drive there in half an hour and take them to church and Sunday school. And I just, I uh, enjoyed being back with people I'd grown up with. These are people who I'd played in the sandbox with at church. And, and so I really enjoyed that. And of course I had missed the music. I didn't realize how much I'd missed church music, the beautiful hymns. So if I couldn't, if I didn't want to listen to the preacher, I would just flip through the hymn book and uh, 
re-memorize re some old songs. I did that a lot, actually. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, so, but then, um, at, of course, eventually my daughter, Beth, graduated from high school, went off to Northwestern University, and there she met uh, her future husband, Ramin, and he had grown up a Baha'i. And since I had brought up Beth with, without any religious, it, you know, roots in any specific religion, um, I had told my kids, read the Bible. Read, read both the old or Hebrew Testament and read the new or the Christian Testament because those two books have really shaped the world and they're very important. A lot of history, a lot of good lessons in them. So read them. So I encouraged that, but I just didn't take them to church. So anyway, um, so Beth uh, met Ramin, her future husband, and um, she started to learn uh, about his the Baha'i faith from him. And I, at that point, that's the first I had heard of the Baha'i faith. But I'd been unchurched for so long, I wasn't really studying. Uh, I wasn't really studying religion during that 20 or so years. So, um, so she came home talking about it. They became better and better friends. Then they started to date, and then they became engaged, and they married in the Baha'i Temple right there on the in Wilmette, north of uh, Northwestern University. So I thought, if she's becoming a Baha'i. I need to read about this. So, and I did, I started reading and it really so much about the Baha'i faith appealed to my sense of unity and justice, social and racial justice and equality and, and, uh, and the inequalities all, all over the world, not just in this country. So um, the, the main thing, the one main basic principle is the um, progressive revelation, meaning that which appealed to me, I said, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I had never heard the phrase progressive revelation until I started reading about the Baha'i faith. But I thought that the idea is that there've been many teachers. There've been many great, you know, appearances of the, the Godhead in human form to lead people. They've just, they've had different names and they have come at different times in human history. So, um, I thought, yep, that's this, that I just really uh, enjoyed and appreciated that idea. And some of the other, they have certain principles that sound logical and they, they make so much sense. Uh, so you think they seem obvious, but the Baha'is specifically state these principles. Uh, and since they st being stated back in the 1800s, that was pretty early for some of these to be, and pretty uh, revolutionary back in the 1800s when the Baha'i faith was founded. So, you know, the oneness of God, the unity of all humankind, all of us, uh, elimination of prejudice, equality of men and women, like women are not in any way inferior as they still are, still are considered in some countries, but there's absolutely no difference in their value. Um, harmony, uh, the agreement of science and religion, just because we don't understand it, uh, we are finding out more things all the time. And the idea is that science absolutely and religion are in agreement. Um, independent investigation of truth, which appealed to me a lot too. The elimination of extremes of wealth and poverty. Now who, you know, there are a few people would argue with that. <laughs> uh, but, um, and then uh, the spiritual solutions to economic problems and universal education. If you don't have universal literacy and universal education, how can you do investigation, uh, independent investigation of truth? So, and a, a favorite uh, instructive verse of mine has always been since I first read it years and years ago, consort with the followers of all religions in a spirit of friendliness and fellowship, 
Do not proselytize. If some, if it's fine to teach about your faith, but you never preach at somebody and try to convince them that your faith is the right one. Um, so I think that I there's there's a lot that's I can't know, and I made my peace with that probably well long time ago. That I can't know things. There are many things that are unknowable, and it. I'm going to end with um, a few lines from uh, a really cute song that Sharon Davis introduced me to years ago. Um, and it seems appropriate to end with this because it kind of sums up the way I felt for a long time. It's called Let the Mystery Be is the name of the song by, uh, by Iris Dement. So just a little, one little verse of it. Everybody is a wondering what and where they all came from. Everybody is a worrying about where they're gonna go when the whole thing's done. But no one knows for certain, and so it's all the same to me. I think I'll just let the mystery be. And that's kind of my philosophy. There's let the mystery be, but but I do believe in a creator that's uh, of some type. So <laughs> thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure to be here with you this, this morning.